Hello there, beautiful beings. Welcome back to the Starseed Network podcast. I'm your host and personal spirit guide, Saula Ilona Vaida, bringing you with me on this journey of our spiritual human experience, the ascension process on Earth, and speaking to amazing light workers, healers, and starseeds all around the world. So thank you so much for joining me today. We have the absolute pleasure of welcoming my dear friend and amazing, incredible Reiki healer, Tanya Amodio, who works within the Akashic Records, ancestral healing, Reiki, light language, and is an incredible guide and healer and coach. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about how to connect to your genuine heart space, how to live from a place of authenticity, and how to really feel your feelings. So I'm so grateful to you guys for joining me today. If you're enjoying the episodes, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share with anyone who you think might resonate. And you can find Tanya on Instagram at Earth and Soul and through her website, which she mentions at the end of the podcast. So let's dive in, open up your hearts and your minds, and let's dive into this episode. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I would love to, you know, maybe start this off with if you'd like to share a little bit about your journey, what you do, how you kind of got into this world, what kind of triggered that awakening and anything that comes up along the way that you feel you'd like to share with that. Well, I it was, it was about maybe 10 years ago. Um, I was kind of in a place of, this usually happens, I was kind of in a place of um, destitution. I was fired from my job, um, you know, uh, living in a very, I was living at home uh, with my parents and I just, it, it was, it was such a mess for me. And I had, I was single and I was in my forties. Um, and a friend of mine invited me to a meditation group and I, within, you know, the first couple of sessions, I started having like out of body experiences and I hadn't wow. even started my awakening yet. So then about seven months later, I was, you know, I joined this community of meditators and healers and um, the teacher at the time, she um, kept um, urging me to, you know, start to, doing some Reiki and meaning like uh, becoming a Reiki healer. And I was, um, I thought that was kind of a strange thing to say because I was coming from the fitness industry. <laughs> so I, uh, I eventually got the calling, uh, literally seven months later, I got the calling and it was time. And another friend of mine, she attuned me. And then I started from there. I started, um, going, it's just, it went so fast. It went very, very quickly. Within a few months, I got my Reiki one. And then two months later, I got my Reiki two. And right when I uh, got my Reiki two, I started having um, these spiritual awakening um, symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I was feeling really, uh, 
scared, confused, um, really, really sensitive. I'm already a sensitive person to begin with. So this sort of heightened all my awarenesses. And I went through like literally a year later, uh, that same time that I got the Reiki uh, attunement, I started, I went through this huge dark night of the soul um, transition and it started unfolding um, slowly after that. So about, you know, it took me about two years to kind of really settle into my awakening. And then I was full-fledged Reiki master and I started my business from there. Wow, that's amazing. So how how is it kind of, you know, before your awakening, like, did you have any kind of foreshadowing or any kind of like intuitive hits that this might happen? Or was it something that just happened out of the blue and it was time? Um, in terms of spiritual awakening, I had no idea. But in terms of... Um, you know, psychic uh, visions and feelings. I definitely had those maybe about a year prior. I had started getting, I I was, I had already had strong psychic gifts as a child. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I was connecting to that calling to become a Reiki teacher, a Reiki healer, that's when um, I knew that things were um, starting to connect for me. And, you know, I had already started going into astral projections. And so it was, it was not, it was not uh, unusual for me to start to, to recognize that this was the path for me. Also knowing that you have a little bit of a background, a background in psychology as well. How did mm-hmm. have you find that's like benefited you or kind of come into your practice as a healer, as a coach? What has been your experience with that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that has definitely influenced um, a lot of the way that I work. Um, mm-hmm. Having that uh, background in psychology as well as um, the body. I also have an art background I'm a have a fine art degree I'm I'm a master's in fine art so I'm a painter and sculptor so and I mostly work with the body so everything just sort of culminated up to this sort of this last phase you know Mm -hmm. of my life like I needed to kind of learn about psychology for the mental and emotional and then learn about the physical body in order to really merge um, integrate everything um, for the human body, for the human mind and the disposition. And it helped me to um, to kind of fine tune my uh, abilities to be able to see inside the body, um, as well as recognize um you know, behaviors. And I knew the, 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 the psychological background really helped to kind of um, understand human behavior on a very different level. Wow. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, So like, what is kind of one of the maybe biggest things that you've learned upon your journey that you would like to share with others? Like, what are some kind of big themes that you've come across? Hmm. Um, 
I think one of the biggest challenges um, I think that I went through and I'm noticing in a lot of people is the, um, you know, the criticism, like how we've all been raised with such, uh, you know, criticism and judgment of ourselves mm-hmm. and, um, and that sort of projects onto others. I've noticed that within myself, I noticed how critical I was of of myself and and how um, harshly I judged myself and the level of perfectionism (laughs) was so high. And it's challenging to really see that nothing is about everyone else, it's about us, right? I think Mm. that's the hardest part to really accept that we need to take responsibility for our own actions. Mm, Yeah, that's definitely a big one. And I feel that today, even like myself, I've been really recently working with like my own inner punisher and my inner critic and how this like inner punisher can take on the energy of, you know, certain people in my life when it's not, it's not really even so much about them. It's about that this energy already lives within me. And then it just kind of externalizes through like the face of another person or an experience with another person. And, you know, kind of just like working on unraveling that from the inside out. And like, what has been kind of your experience with that as well? And kind of learning how to overcome that inner critic and take responsibility I think that's a really good um, point, um, and you know, thank you for sharing that because I think that's uh, really important. The more that we do it, you know, the more that other people can see that that it's not such a scary thing. Meaning, uh, self acceptance. I think that's the biggest way to overcome is a self acceptance and learning our learning about our worthiness, and that mm-hmm. is. That is really the tool. That's the key. Um, when we learn to accept even those, you know, even the fact that you're, you're, you have an inner critic or that you are judgmental or that of other people or, you know, the, the self-punisher, like just recognizing that and, accept, and accepting that that's a part of um, your healing, it's not who you are, but it's a part of something that you just need to recognize and surrender to. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so when you're working with clients, what is something that you often see that, you know, people maybe are struggling to open up to or to accept, especially when they're on a spiritual journey? What do you kind of think mm. of that? That is a good one. Um, I think the biggest struggle <laughs> for many is to connect to their heart, to connect, really, truly connect to their emotions. Because oftentimes they will intellectualize their emotions, meaning yeah. they will only think about how they feel rather than actually feel what they feel. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a really big one, and it's something that you know has been coming up a lot and. How do you kind of tell when someone is actually feeling their emotions or when they're intellectualizing them, just for anyone listening? 
Um, it's really, it's self-awareness. So, you know, it, some people are, are better at, um, you know, critical thinking, which is good. Um, but it's just when an emotion rises, just be aware, are you sort of pushing that emotion down? Um, or are you allowing it to release? That's one way to do it. Um, you know, another another um, tool that I sometimes give my clients is to, if for especially the ones who are much more concrete thinkers, um, is to be aware of the thought that comes in and sort of go with that thought. Try not to go down a rabbit hole, but be aware of the thought and ask yourself, is this true, right? Is this a true statement? And if it's not, then release that statement and say, you know, I, I, this is, this is not true. I, and then replace it with something that is true. You know, I am, I am worthy. I am loved, you know, so this, it's really, those are for the thinkers. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes we have to kind of be in that headspace first in order to be able to sort of truly connect. And it's a scary things because we don't recognize feelings, right? We've never, many of us have never um, really been allowed to connect to those feelings and be okay with the feelings that do come up, right? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of seeing that from the outside as well, um, like we've been talking a little bit about like spiritual ego and authenticity, and it's like, how can you like really tell when someone is being authentically connected to their hearts and where, when it's coming from more of a rational place? Um, you know, the ego has a very strong grip and um, it really is just, just being honest with yourself. Uh, it really, it's, it's not that, it's not that difficult. <laughs> it's not going to come in a, as a loud bang, you know, oh my God, yeah, this is the ego or this is my heart. You know, it's, you'll just know because this is something I do teach in um, a wisdom course that I have. And oftentimes this is one of, that's one of the most common questions. How do I differ? How do I discern between my ego and my intuition? And usually the ego will have like a physical reaction, whereas your intuition will not. And your intuition is always heart-based. So that's one way to discern between whether your ego is is um, speaking louder, right? And the intuition is always first. Your ego will always come after to kind of discredit what your intuition is telling you. So when you, when you say that, you know, that physical reaction from the ego, like what does that usually feel like or look like? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it will usually come up as fear. So the physical reaction will be like um, maybe some anxiety, maybe some people uh, experience when they go through anxiety, some people experience nervousness or jitters or, um, you know, mind racing um, you know, maybe some heart palpitations, you know, little, those are some physical reactions. Uh, they might break out in a sweat. Um, those are some, again, some, some minor reactions. Mm, so 
it's really interesting because then how do you maybe discern between your intuition, you know, giving you anxiety as a, as or sometimes anxiety could be a signal of, you know, something is not right here or I'm not meant to be in this situation. And then how to discern between maybe your higher self or your intuition communicating with you or your ego just being afraid of something. Yeah, that's usually just a sign that your, your ego is um, it, the that would mean that's more of a gut brain. That's from the gut brain, mm-hmm. um, whereas your intuition is always the um, calm. It will always elicit a calm reaction. Mm-hmm. So even if something isn't right, you still wouldn't feel high. You wouldn't feel that fear. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If it's if it's even for example, if it's the wrong choice, like you just said, if it's the wrong decision, then your reaction to it it wouldn't be a reaction; it would be a response. You would just say, "Okay, this feels right, right? This would feel it, that it's going in the right direction." Um, like if it's a place of sign of danger, I. I, I think that maybe that's um, what you're talking about because sometimes, you know, we will feel that sense of danger. Um, that's still, uh, you know, more of a, a primal instinct and that is more from the gut. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just, and it's still, it's still just part of the ego. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Because yeah. that's, where our, that's where our ego resides is in the gut. Many People think that it's in the brain. Yeah, but our ego resides in the solar plexus. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah, if you could tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, energetically, yeah, that's where it resides, in the solar plexus. So they say there are three brains, right? The gut, uh, the heart, and the mind. So, um, you know, when all are functioning in unison, <laughs> Uh, it's a well-oiled machine. Um, but oftentimes, you know, we will be responding from, you know, either the brain or the gut and the gut will transmit a, uh, you know, an electro neuro electro response to the brain, um, as a, as opposed to using the heart, right? When we respond from the heart, that's the center of the machine, right? That's the, that's the, that's where everything functions. <clears throat> but oftentimes we shut down the heart and we use the other mechanisms to, you know, like those are the secondary, um, like the backup system, right? And when the backup system gets used, um, often it becomes the primary system. So when the heart is shut down, it becomes a secondary system when in fact it should be the other way around. Mm, yeah, that's really fascinating. And I know for a lot of, you know, for a lot of people in this world, it's, you know, very difficult to connect to the heart. And especially if you're so used to living in those other survival mechanisms. And mm-hmm. so how would you recommend people, you know, kind of beginning that journey of, dropping in to that place and really learning to respond from that place? Uh, depends, I think, where they're at. I think if they're just kind of starting out, I think it's really important to 
be gentle with yourself. And, you know, if you are having that kind of visceral reaction, um, you know, just let your, let, let that, let that action, um, you know, play out, but just be mindful of it. And then each time you're mindful of it, you take another action towards it. So as I mentioned earlier, you can try to do that, you know, thought process technique where you just ask yourself, is this, is this a true statement? And am I really responding from my heart? You know, what does my heart tell me? And sometimes it takes a moment to just, um, you know, connect to that heart. And the best way to do that is sometimes by putting, just by putting your hand on your heart. I know people think, people want some kind of like unique and unbelievable, you know, answer to something. And it's really, it's not that hard. (laughs) I think people expect something really complicated and it's really not. And when it's too easy, they just don't do it because it's too easy. They want something really, really hard and it really isn't all that hard. So you just, it's something really simple, just putting your hand on your heart and being still with your heart. And sometimes it could just be just listening to the sound of your heartbeat. Um, you know, mindfulness is really, it's starting, it's starting to become, um, you know, more popular, but I think maybe oversaturated. Uh, I think too many people now don't really understand what the mindfulness really is. um, Because again, it's, it's too easy, right? And that has a lot to do with the, uh, you know, technology, social media, right? Everything, instant gratification. So when we be still, when we take a moment and just be still and listen to the heart and it doesn't have to be anything, doesn't have to be, you know, uh, uh, a loud, outstanding message or very profound message. It could just be something as simple as like, you know, I, I can hear my heartbeat. I can feel my heartbeat Um you know, I can um, connect to my heart. And then when you be in that stillness, you you will receive those intuitive messages, right? You will start to connect to those intuitive messages. We all can do it. Mm, that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of the times people, you know, <clears throat> they feel like, the intuition comes from the crown chakra or the third eye when what you're saying in in reality is that it's coming from your heart and being centered in your body. Right. Yeah. I mean, technically, yes, intuition is the third eye, but um, you have to be able to connect to the heart. That's the generator, let's say. Mm. And if you're not in your heart space and if you're not really feeling how you feel, then you won't really be able to see much or sense things, right? And the sensing also comes from that awakening, right? Your clear senses will become much more awakened. Mm. Um, Sorry, yeah, awakened during that healing process, right? Yeah, so like in the third eye as well, I know that, you know, sometimes we can move into this place of, like delusion or denial or mm-hmm. using the ego to kind of mask as spirituality or mask as intuition. 
And like, have you, what, what has kind of been maybe your experience or your advice around that or witnessing that? Yeah, that is, that is a huge one um, for a lot of people. Um, I, I, I don't know what the question is. The question is what my experience is around the. Um, or, you know, what maybe are some ways to. Yeah, what, what you've kind of maybe noticed about that, because I know that's something that like I've been working through myself recently is like, mm. like denial and delusion <laughs> and like not being honest with myself. And so like, how do you kind of work with that? Or if I don't know if you have experienced that in your life, maybe how you move through it? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I've always been very connected to my uh you know, intuition, my third eye is very strong. It's, we all have one chakra in, or maybe a few couple that's usually the strongest. So it's either your greatest, whatever is your greatest power is also your greatest weakness. So I've definitely been in those places of delusion. Um, You know, again, that comes from the ego, right? And when you're coming from a place of, uh, right in that solar plexus coming from a place of lack of self-worth, then you're going to create stories, right? This is what we do when we're operating from that gut place, we're going to create stories. So kind of the energy kind of moves up into the third eye, creates that movie, the narrative, and we start to project it right onto the screen. And, you know, we will find, we even find things outside of ourselves to validate the that narrative that we've been playing over and over and we've been doing this for years it's so subconscious wow yeah that's really fascinating and so you know like you mentioned about the self-worth how does one go about kind of releasing the necessity for stories or releasing holding on to specific stories or victim narratives Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's, uh, you know, just being aware of when you are playing out that that narrative. Um, I know it can be challenging at first, right? Because awareness is key. That's really when we when we are in that in that um, um, place of of repeating those thought patterns. And it's just about you know, interrupting, right? We need to be aware to interrupt the story and um, and change it and change the story. That's what I was mentioning earlier about the thought process, right? You got to interrupt your thought process and, and ask yourself, is this a true story? Is this, is this true of my, um, of, of, of what I see? And generally <laughs> it's not, because that's the illusion playing out, right? And we're so we're so committed, right? We're so committed to the illusion. We're so committed to the story. And you know, it's just again asking yourself, being honest with yourself, are you really, really willing to let go of that story? And most of the time the story is just there again to protect us, right? It's what we know, it's what we feel comfortable with. And um, 
not many people want to let go of the story because it, they've lived with the security blanket. The, the story is their security blanket. They've lived with it for so many years. So, um, you know, I think part of it too, part of all of this discussion has to do with being ready, right? Are you really ready to really let go of that, that narrative? and really connect to that. And and it doesn't have to be, you know, in one shot. It will never be in one shot. It's going to be happening over a few times because you have to create a new pathway, right? Your mind absolutely has to create a new pathway, a new neurological pathway. So it, you know, you may fail a couple of times at first, but keep trying. Mm. Wow, thank you so much for that. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, and so is there any um, advice or anything you'd like to say to maybe the people tuning in and listening to this episode, anything that you feel is relevant to share right now for the collective or anything else? Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, for the most part, I would say, um, you know, stay courageous, stay courageous. Um, it's going to be, it's, it'll always seem like a really tough battle. Um, and it may be painful, but, uh, really it, what you have to kind of walk through the fire to get to the other side. And if that's really, where you want to be. I think we all know where we want to be and we all feel it. We all have that sense. And, um, you know, there's always support for you. There's always um, someone that you can reach out to um, in any difficult situation. And, you know, you are much more powerful than you think you are. So, um, you know, hang on to that feeling of hope because without it, then, you know, it's just going to feel like it's never going to get better. But it, we all have that little spark and just keep on igniting, keep on bl blowing that flame, igniting that flame of, because that's the courage, right? That's the fire that you're going to have to walk through. Mm. Um, and it's really a, a beautiful, a it's beautiful on the other side, <laughs> like mm -hmm. the light that comes out on the other side is really beautiful. So it's sometimes in that place of darkness, we can't see the forest from the trees, but mm -hmm. it's there. It's just, we have to keep holding on, hold, stay courageous that it's going to get better. Mm, wow. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank and you. If there's anything else you'd like to, you know, mention about maybe where people can find you or some of your courses or upcoming things that you offer, feel free. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, well, I have my website is um, earthandsoul.ca. Uh, I am offering, I'm going to be, I offer a lot of healings, um, energy healings, and I am also offering right now some ancestral healing. Mm -hmm. So we're all triggered uh, by generational trauma. So that portal has um, been opened up for me. Um, it has, was 
opened up back in December. So uh, this is a time of healing our ancestral wounds. Um, that's one of the uh, healings I'm offering. But I'm also doing, um, I'm going to be setting up a retreat, um, a certification retreat, so that people can learn how to uh, tap into their own healing resources, right? We all have this ability to heal. Uh, we can heal ourselves. We can heal other people. And the more that we heal ourselves, the more that we're healing the world. Mm. Um, you know, many of us want to make a contribution, and that's a really nice way to do it. Um, I'm also offering um, uh, an Akashic Records um, course. I'll be working on that one soon, but have no time frame as to when that one's going to be ready probably in the spring uh, and the retreat will be in the fall. So September, October. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. It's such yeah. a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you so much. You have been uh, your amazing host. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today and feel free to check out Tanya on Instagram and on her website to learn more about what she does and what she offers yeah thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for listening and i'm wishing you a beautiful morning evening noon night wherever you are in this crazy world and take sweet care of yourself it's truly a story i tell myself each morning i'm beautiful and worthy I'm safe and truly deserving to begin into existence and release your resistance. To begin into existence and release your resistance. Wake up, rise up. Stand.